Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is John Foskiftevik on the topic Genome-Wide Association Study Across Pediatric Central Nervous System Tumors. My name is Jon Foss-Schiftsvik and I'm a uh, neurosurgical resident at the uh, Rieshospitale University Hospital and also uh, now a PhD student looking at uh, pediatric central nervous system tumors in collaboration with the uh, State and Serum Institute. Now I'm going to tell you a bit about some of the results from a recent genome-wide association study we did on children with brain tumors, brain and spinal cord tumors. So pediatric central nervous system tumors, they constitute the second most common form of malignancy during childhood, second to hematological cancers. Um, but they cause the most cancer-related deaths in the pediatric population. Genetic predisposition um, has long been suspected as an underlying cause. We do not know much about the underlying causes of these diseases. Um, and over the recent couple of years, we've gained experience in uh, in. Uh, in terms of rare high-risk mutations, because next-generation sequencing studies have shown that 8 to 10 to 12 percent of children with cancer harbor an underlying germline mutation in the cancer-related gene. But risk attributable to common variants have received less attention. Um, and the best way of assessing such risk uh, is by conducting genome-wide association studies, which we've heard some of uh, the other researchers here talk about the, today and the previous days. And these are studies where you assess or you screen the genomes of a large number of well-defined cases and compare them with controls. And you basically look at uh, thousands, hundreds, thousands of single nucleotide variants to see if they differ in their frequency between cases and controls. They might be associated with this disease in question, but not necessarily causative. Such studies, GWAS studies, have been conducted for uh, some of the uh, uh, CNS tumor types in adults, but results from these studies are not believed to be transferable as the uh, pediatric CNS tumors differ vastly in molecular biology from those of adults. So what we wanted to do was to investigate the potential for shared genetic susceptibility across pediatric uh, CNS tumor types attributable to, to common variants. We also wanted to look uh, whether or not this risk uh, differentiated between uh, different age of onset groups, but I won't go too much into that in sake of time. So what we did was a nationwide GWAS, uh, including cases that were diagnosed for more than over uh, 30 years. We could only do this by combining the Danish Childhood Cancer Registry with the Danish uh, National Screening Biobank, which is a part of the, uh, the National Biobank at State and Serum Institute. So more specifically, we, and I don't want you to read all this, but more specifically, we, we uh, pulled the, the uh, personal identification numbers of all children diagnosed with a CNS tumor in Denmark before turning 15 years of age, years 1985 through 2017. Then we 
excluded those who did not have an existing and available dried blood spot sample uh, in the PKU Biobank at State and Serum Institute. We also focused at the most relevant diagnoses. So we ended up with a case cohort of approximately 1,100 cases. Um, what we then did was we genotyped um, the dried blood spot samples of these cases using the Illumina GSA array, which uh, contains approximately 1 million single nucleotide variants. And for controls, we have uh, randomly selected more than 4,000 uh, controls from a population cohort uh, in the ISAC sample, which we heard about, uh, um, at least for those of you uh, in the PhD course, we heard about that yesterday. And in these case, or sorry, those controls had undergone genotyping using the same array previously. So when looking at results from genome-wide association studies, you're almost off, uh, always presented with a Manhattan plot. And we've seen a couple of these uh, during this morning. But for those of you who are not really familiar with it, um, on the x-axis, you have the chromosomes. On the y-axis, you have the negative log to the p-value. Each dot represents a single nucleotide variant. So as you can see here, most of these do not differ markedly from cases to controls. Uh, they're common variants. Uh, but some places you see high-rises such as this, the so-called high-rise, which cons uh, really is a lot of uh, SNPs that uh, differ uh, in frequency between cases and controls to a higher degree than the others. And, and uh, all of these SNPs here, they map to the same part of uh, the genome uh, in chromosome uh, 1 to a gene called PAPA2. I'll get back to that. So if we look at, this was the overall cohort, all cases. If we focus on the ones in the late onset group defined as uh, children being diagnosed between ages 4 and, and 15, we see the same signal, it just intensifies in strength. So the p-value here for this um, PAPA2 association was 9 0.7 times 10 in the minus 8. So that is close to, but not below, the genome-wide significance threshold. So the commonly accepted genome-wide significance threshold is 5 times 10 in the minus 8. Um, it is under debate and being accused of being overly conservative, as it somehow assumes that all of these uh, uh, SNPs are independent analysis, or are independent. Not all of them are, because some of them are inherited and in linkage, but I won't discuss that further. Uh, I just wanted to say that what we did was really implicate this locus and another one I won't talk too much about as um, potential uh, susceptibility loss for CNS tumors in children. Um, and even though they didn't retain the genome-wide or the significance uh, following uh, uh, correction for multiple analysis, we believe the results to be strong enough to warrant further investigation. So if we look at the PAPA2 gene uh, sp uh, specifically, uh, this is a protein coding gene on chromosome 1. It is uh, expressed in brain tissue. And what it does is really, and I'm a, I can, you can rest assured I'm a better neurosurgeon than a graphical designer, um, but uh, what it really does is it cleaves IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, from its binding proteins 3 and 5, which, really, which results in free IGF-1, which is able to bind to its receptor. So alterations in PAPA-2 activity could uh, potentially change the local concentrations of IGF-1. And PAPA2 has not been linked to cancer before, but IGF1 
has been shown to be associated with a wide range of pediatric cancers, including brain tumors. We see increased levels of IGF-1 uh, in tumor tissue from astrocytoma, a brain tumor, which is correlated with the degree of malignancy of the tumor. We also see um, the, the binding proteins, 3 and 5, <clears throat> that they are increased in cerebrospinal fluid of children with certain forms of uh, brain tumors, such as ependymoma and metalloblastoma. Um, and on a side note, uh, PAPA2 is also associated through a large GWAS study with body height, and body height is itself associated with the risk of glioma, which is one of the most common form of brain tumors. So, briefly addressing the strengths and weaknesses of this study, we have, a large, we have the largest published GWAS cohort for pediatric brain tumors. Uh, we sampled cases for 30 years, or included cases diagnosed for more than 30 years nationwide. Um, and we're pretty happy with the population-based controls. They're unbiased toward health, but also receipt of social benefits, social class, etc. Many other international studies use control cohorts from other disease populations, such as they have a diabetes cohort they can use as controls for cancer cohort. We were lucky enough to get around that. Um, I'm jumping uh, in the sake of time, but we'll look at some of the weaknesses. Still, the sample size, even though it was large, it wasn't big enough uh, to, to uh, achieve genome-wide significance. And I guess it's a good thing that not more children suffer from these horrible diseases, but still it, it impedes research in this field. Um, there has also been a number of alterations, updates of the classification systems used to classify CNS tumors over the last 30 years. But as we approach this with a pan-tumor approach, we do not believe that this has had significance to our results, as most of the changes have been within different tumor subtype categories. Um, I'll leave some of these for the potential questions afterwards in the sake of time. Uh, concluding remarks here, we have uh, conducted, and, just, uh, and this was just accepted for publication, the first population-based genome-wide significance genome-wide genome association study uh, for children with uh, central nervous system tumors. Um, and we've implicated two loci to be involved, uh, two, two loci which, are, which have functions in, um, in uh, CNS development and in the IGF axis. And um, these results really uh, can be viewed as the uh, discovery cohort of a GWAS. They need to be validated in larger data sets, and we've used all our cases. Um, so that's really a, an issue that is coming back to haunt us all the time with these studies on rare diseases. We hope by publishing this that we will initiate some more uh, collaborative research internationally um, so we can uh, get these findings uh, validated and to big, uh, build bigger cohorts. Finally, I want to thank my collaborators at the uh, Rieshospitale and the State and Serum Institute and all of you for listening. Mm -hmm.